Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Yoder's Farm. I'm Eldon, and Lowell's with me again today for another podcast episode. Welcome to the podcast, Lowell. Well, welcome yourself. Thank you. Great to be here. We're right at the end of May. Uh, it's kind of a dreary Friday. And, this has uh, been the theme for the last week. Yeah, we're trying to work May through May 27. Late uh, strawberry season, blues when it rains. <laughs> so how's how's things been here at the farm? We haven't recorded for quite a while. Well, I wish you'd upgrade your snacks in your studio. Right. Because there aren't any. Yeah, sorry about that. I didn't realize that you were expecting any. Well, it's lunchtime, so I kind of was hoping for a few snacks. Well, if you'd quit looking at your coffee weird, it might get solid and turn into something This else. is actually tea. I okay. had my other three cups earlier, but I need my afternoon one soon. Yeah, no, we pretty much uh, operate on the bring your own snacks kind of thing To work? Here. Yeah. That's partially true, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so... You did the question? What what did you ask again? How have just things been? How things are? How things? How been? are you doing? How are you doing? Well, this is a podcast about Yoder's Farm, so we're <laughs> yeah, I did, that's up. what I was wondering. So, do we like talk about the recent history, or do you want to go on a step back and talk about the whole uh, strawberry season as a whole? Well, why don't we kind of give a brief overview of strawberries, uh, tomatoes, and kind of our where we are right now number of things and then let's talk a current about snapshot strawberry season and then at the end we have a listener question <laughs> so. oh, that's dangerous yeah all right um so yeah right now we are we're we're winding down our strawberry season still have you know some decent picking out there it has been unfortunately this week has been pretty dr- uh, rainy and a lot of, it's been cloudy like almost all week Kind of depressing, honestly. Right. Uh, emotionally and uh, physically, I don't know how many. Even for normal people, I've, yeah. I've heard some. Yeah. But anyway, it's not extremely good strawberry growing weather. So, but we still have pick your own going on and probably will for maybe two weeks ish. We're also trying to be thankful that it's this end of the yeah, season and not, not right the beginning. Flat in the middle or something. Yeah. Actually, there was a guy in this uh, antidote. Ant? No, ant. How do you say it when it's like a story that someone and it's not the an antidote is like something that's yeah good for something. I know what you're talking about, but it's something I can't like the word that either. Yeah, you could Google it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he was in yesterday, and he said he picked three buckets, and he said the picking was. I'm not sure if he he was here the day we opened. And he said the picking was better yesterday than it was the day okay. we opened. Interesting. But part of that was because they came late in that day. Do you remember? We opened on a Friday. Yeah. Picked half the field, and it got hit pretty hard. I think we kind of got picked out both yeah. those first two days. We were really close. So he said they really had to search that time. Right. But he felt, I don't know if he came in between then or not, but he felt the picking was better. So I just thought that was interesting. Right. You know, in our minds, we're winding down, but when you're number of customers and drops some you know picking is you can actually pretty decent there are i mean we have overripe fruit in the right. field some rain damage stuff so it gets a little you have to be choosy 
Right. And unfortunately, it's the patch is looking a little weathered out there and uh, got some weed problems. So if you deal with that and go to the weedy rows, you can find usually bigger and better berries. Yeah. yeah. So pick your own winding down, but not done. Um, we will probably continue picking for the store for on into most of June. Pre-picked strawberries you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. because uh, some of that's because the varieties we have in the fields we pick are different. And some of that's we can keep them cleaned up and picked up. And we just we right. anticipate going longer with them. So we you know, might uh, probably use more fungicides in that those fields to keep the fruit quality up so we actually feel like it has a longer shelf life and um right anyway, especially all with the, all this rain all of those things yeah and tomato wise we are not i mean we're not in the end game with those either but we're starting you know we try to have off-season tomatoes the one, the one house we are we topped it. We went through and topped it. That's to focus all the plants' energy on the last, you know, five, six clusters or whatever you're ripening up, and hopefully get some better size on them. So that house will, you know, we've we've kind of put a uh, an end to it by sure. topping it. So right. we'll probably pick that into June, probably towards the latter part of June. And maybe that one will peter out. And then we plan to take the other one on and probably through the month of July um, just to have, you know, it used to be people, everyone had garden tomatoes. Well, right. still a lot of people still have garden tomatoes, but, or, or field tomatoes come in them. But yeah, we're finding with our store here and other things, you know, people are happy to keep buying tomatoes on into July. So there's a good chance the store will be open until mid-July, late July, somewhere in there. Uh, at least late July, pretty okay. sure, from yep. what I've been hearing from my sources. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So that's kind of where where that is. Uh, pumpkins, I'm starting to think about, you know, fall stuff. We always are thinking the season ahead. Uh, I, I typically don't plant any pumpkins till at least the middle of June, sometimes on into June a little bit. I'll often start with my field or the um, uh, ones I don't use leftover strawberry plastic for. Gotcha, yeah. I'll plant those first and then I do the... Dad was talking about maybe renting that planter. Is that something you are still thinking uh, about? He kind of thinks that would be good. <laughs> but It would just save you time. But it save me time, but I'm pretty fast with my hand planner, so Tell yeah. you would actually get it and get it down here. Yeah, if it was a little closer, it might be a little. More the other a, thing I like is I can, you know, I can plant three different varieties and right mix it up the row and stuff, and I kind of know where everything is, and I kind of I don't know. Sometimes I guess I'm stuck in my ways, but. Hey, it's, I, it's been... I kind of have a system that works, and nice I like to work. label stuff and keep everything. I think it'd be harder to... Maybe you could train Dawson to help you plant. But out, like, yeah, out in the... Where we don't plant on plastic, yeah, the planter, I'm sure, would be a lot faster. Yeah. We're just planting straight jack. Well, if you're doing, pumpkins. yeah, like one variety in a 
eight acre field, it would be a little different right. than what we historically have done. Very good. So that's pumpkins, fall stuff, tomatoes, strawberries. Corn maize, we're probably a month away. No, maybe slightly less than a month now from planting that. So We tend to plant that a little late, keep it green longer. Right. Um, field stuff? What's field up? stuff is all in, beans and soybeans and corn. Right. Looking fair. Pretty fair. I mean, I guess that's one good thing about being diversified. You, uh, what may not be good for one thing, like rain in May, true, um, might be good for another thing. So, true, true. There's that, and uh, I'm behind on my bee work, and it's probably a disaster. So, don't ask me about that. <laughs> uh, I asked Ricky about his bees the other day, and he was feeling similarly. So. Yeah, I just haven't had a lot of time to get into the hives like I really should. I try to throw a bunch of space on drawing comb early in the honey flow and hoped that it would keep them from swarming and that they'd fill the boxes up. Yeah. So now I need to go actually see what happens. See what happens. Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we can talk more in depth about the strawberry season. I don't know if... I'm trying to remember when our last one was. It was either just I know, before, it was we, before opened. we opened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I would say it's been a f- relatively challenging year. Um, it's you know we've had worse years and we've had better years weather-wise. So we had you know a lot of late frosts and freezes, and I think we talked about that in our last podcast but maybe not as much as some years i mean you're on and off numerous times but uh yeah. maybe i just it, wasn't it felt involved. it felt like <laughs> i i don't know yeah but it was pretty enough. bad for that as far as the weather um the first part of the season was actually pretty decent like we we had some rain, but it was, I always call it like workable rain. You know, if you get a shot of rain or some showers one end of the day or another, it's these, these weeks or, you know, days and days right. of just dreary weather. That's just really bad for berries, and it keeps the picker and people away. Right. And, I mean, so bless our hearts, some... some of our pickers picked in some nasty stuff. Yeah. I was thankful and amazed all at the same time that they <laughs> yeah so like with rain if if you can get picked up before it rains like pretty good green yeah, it all helps if green if fruit, fruit is green, does better right definitely but then like you're saying if it's a, a shower or a thunderstorm in the afternoon you get some wind overnight or something and and back yeah, and you can get back the next in, day back into the field even if it's muddy you know yeah. you can kind of manage and we had some big crowds out you know and they deal and dealt with mud and this and that and the other um yeah but yeah so but then when it's you know days and days of it and and other people had it worse than we did i mean i keep tabs on of course, uh, yeah. you know, we have a f- uh, friend and relative up in the Shenandoah Valley had a nasty hailstorm and, I mean, just boogered his plants up like crazy. And I don't know. That was like right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, right? he hadn't even opened up yet. Yeah. I'm curious so how things actually worked out. 
He's got berries now, but okay. it's, I'm sure, I don't know if it affected over, probably over half his crop, I would think. Maybe yeah, he said it was basically like somebody went in there with a bush hog almost. Yeah, I mean, the plants just look terrible. And yeah. um, let's see, a few other farms. Well, I know in them for a while, uh, down east, they had more misty rainy days than we did we had some at the beginning and then some at the end of that one week but they had like days and days of just nasty blowing mist and so forth so yeah yeah Yeah. i mean the weather we've just dealt with the best we could um i'm really happy the early part of the season was as decent as it was and we kind of got through that we got we got picked pretty hard so that helped us deal with the rain and i mean yeah there's been like i told some of the pickers yesterday who were struggling out in the rain oh it's some not every year is like this some years are actually worse (laughs) (laughs) yeah like 2018 comes to mind that was a really wet year i don't remember that i've chosen to block things like that out of my mind should be blocked out of our minds but (laughs) Yeah. I think we had 10 inches of rain one week. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's starting to come back to me. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's been it's been a decent season, I would say. Overall, uh, I think our production is probably better than last year. There are, there are numerous management things that I've, I'm thinking about that I, we really need to do better at um what just, are some of those things well i was afraid you're gonna say <laughs> that uh like okay so we've grown this is the 10th year we've had pick urine and then we had berries a few years before that so we kind of we've been through the cycle a lot but man strawberries are just they're a high um high touch yeah, they just require, you just can't plant them and forget them. Yeah. So, a couple things uh, in the, like, fall. So, it was very dry last fall, and we struggled with getting plants established some. And we we had we had some die, not a lot die, but I really wonder if that helped. If we struggled getting the fall growth that we should have gotten because the plant was trying to get a root down and we struggle with getting the beds totally wet with a drip unless we get some rain on the top to we help. We struggled with getting plants in general. Yeah, uh, our, we're, our plants anyway. were, were kind of were a little late and that yeah. didn't help anything. But then if your plant isn't taking off and growing, you know, right away... So, you know, we do have an irrigation system we have set up before, and I I thought we could just work with drip um, last year, and and we, you know, mostly did okay with that, but I think there are... So, this fall, you know, maybe just being quicker to... Get or may, maybe even plan to just set up the irrigation system, even though it like shoots a day to do that. Like the overhead. Yeah, yeah, I just wonder if you get your plants. Of course, if you have you know rain or two on top, then right. then you're good. So there's always that juggle. You're like, well, maybe it'll rain. Sure. But it was very dry last 
Just the water on the leaves and then down through the holes. Yeah, the plastic. Helps, I think get that whole bed um, saturated. And, I mean, we struggle. Our soils, we can't make the most pretty beds. They're not right. nice and sandy and they don't stand up nice. And sometimes they're a little on the cloddy side. It's really hard. And the cloddy beds, your water leaches out the bottom and it's really hard to get out onto the shoulders and yeah. everything. So those things, um, that would be one, one thing maybe. If we could at all, I'm trying to make some preparations uh, to get stuff maybe in on a more timely way. If we could get okay. our beds made a little earlier, get our plants. But, I mean, there's only so much your suppliers can do if right. you're waiting on suppliers in Canada. And maybe hopefully the border and labor situation. I don't even know what the labor situation is in Canada, but... Anyway, stuff has just got to get down here earlier and get in the fields earlier so you can get that. That fall establishment is so critical. Right. I could tell the, we planted some plants. I got them from a friend of mine who had, who had um, some leftovers. And they were, so these were his leftovers. He'd gotten them some weeks before I did. They were big plugs. I mean, almost too big, really. But we, they were the first things we planted. We planted them before I got anything in. I guess we had what we grew here. But anyway, those, they started out the fall ahead and it looked like the production. I mean, I think those are probably some of the better. Hmm. That section of the field was yeah. one of the better yielding this year. So. Would you ever consider just sticking all of your plants yourself to help with well, some of that? Well, we were or? talking about that too, but I've had a, a little bit of disease issue okay. here um, the last two years. I guess and there's fortunately, some... For the one year, you know, was that stuff that we had to destroy them, and I only had like, what, six, seven, eight thousand. Yeah. So um, I guess some diversity of sources isn't all bad. It's not for, all bad when you're dealing with something like strawberries. Yeah. Last year it was, I can't even remember, it was something kind of weird and they looked sort of bad for a little bit and I treated them with a fungicide a couple of times and they grew out of it and grew nice plugs and such, but it made me a little gun shy. Yeah, a little little twitchy. So I don't know, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to, how many we're going to grow ourselves and so forth, trying to sort all that out now. So... Yeah, fall management, I think, is important. Uh, weed control, I think we could really help ourselves in the fall. I did some of that, but if you can be working on your weeds in the row middles in the fall, you have a couple of shots there to really do some good things that pays big dividends in the spring. And it's just hard. You know, we're open for pumpkins, and we're thinking about yeah. Uh, chasing white-tailed deer and all the other things we do in the fall yeah and uh, whatever um, row covers you know working around them of course that's that's later in the year but you know all of those anyway if you, if you can do some fall weed stuff so that's one thing I want to do a better management job of the other thing is um, I had a real problem with spider mites this year which has it seems like it's almost gotten worse the last couple years and i'm i think part of that is we're growing more 
it seems to favor certain types of varieties of strawberries. Hmm. So we're planting more Ruby Junes, we're planting more Albions. It's a bushy, uh, well, it's not a bushier plant, but it's something about them that they like better than, say, Chandler's. You say spider mites like it better. It seems like it. What? I know Albion, if you're going to grow Albions, they're going to have spider mites. It just is. And Can I you talk about uh, spider mites a little bit? Like, what are they actually? Is it a bug? Yeah, it's a very small little bug thing, and they it's not multi- a fungus. No, yeah, it's actually a bug, yeah. a mite, and they multiply. And, you know, there are certain thresholds where supposedly they don't cause issues, but they do multiply like crazy. Yeah, and um, they, uh, you know, at their worst, they can practically kill a plant. They can affect fruit quality. They're just really nasty little buggers. The unfortunate thing is that they like a more moderate temperature. So if you row cover, you can really have some. Mm. They can be going to town under there, and you have no idea so what's going on. So you kind of be incubating them under there a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I actually did treat for spider mites before we row covered, but it must not have been very effective or... The product I use is more of a, um, or I used was more of an adult, like an adult knockdown. But yeah. they, you need, they have eggs and a wide life cycle. Right. And so I wonder, I think a couple of fall treatments before uh, row covers, especially on those sensitive varieties hmm. like Ruby Junes yeah. and Albions, I think if you're going to use row covers like we do, uh, that would that's that's one of those management decisions I was talking about that I think there's nothing that you could I've inject learned. for something like that so like if your row covers are on you uh, could be doing something well about typically it you're not running your drip really when row covers are on true true uh, yeah I don't think you'd yeah there aren't products like you want actually nice thorough coverage on the plant is if you're right. using a miticide or something like that yeah is helpful so that's another thing and then um so we talked a little bit we planted later and some of those the same varieties we just mentioned albions and ruby junes they really need um they need more growth in the fall they need more um warmth to get that to get established good Chandlers are more forgiving. They're a little bit more of a cold climate berry anyway. So I some some research was done years ago, and some, some people do this, where you, you throw a row cover on them in, in, way earlier than you would be thinking about winter protection, like when your daytime highs are starting to dip down to the 50s or something, 660s maybe, even low 60s, and you just bump that whole temperature profile up mm-hmm. so you keep your night times warmer and your day times you know it's like a little mini greenhouse in there right and you get that little extra fall growth well i was kind of watching our growing degree days and i wasn't too stressed about it because we actually had a pretty mild fall on into november it really wasn't that cold but i think that some point well even into december we had some mild weather but your days are a lot shorter um, on into November and December. And so 
and I've talked to some other smart people about this, like I just don't think a growing degree day, you can measure it based on temperature, you know, it's your average over 50, I think. And, but a growing degree day in November isn't the same for establishment as it is in October. So Hmm. I think being more, anyway, long-winded, but I think being more proactive about, okay, let's just get some covers out to try for a couple weeks, two, three weeks, that's all you need, maybe. October, maybe. Yeah, or probably early November. We'll watch the weather, but first couple weeks in November could be. And then, you know, that's often a time when you start really getting some deer pressure, and you can help you with that, so... Anyway, those are those are several of the management decisions I'm thinking about. Uh, we we had a problem with our ryegrass; really got out of control this year. We plant ryegrass in between the the aisles, the the, row the rows to yeah. control erosion, and it really got tall. And uh, you generally you just treat that with a grass herbicide that doesn't affect the berries because they're different plant types or whatever so you can use something that's selective for grass but it gets really hard to treat when your grass is tall like you can you can kill it terminate it when it's pretty short but once it gets really tall and also cool weather which we had a lot of cool weather this spring so our patches weedy now i would say it's um, a little hairy yeah hairy but (laughs) Half of the problem or more is the grass, which we planted. True. So I think if I can figure out some a better way to just keep it stunted, uh, maybe use a low rate of of something to try to keep it stunted. Uh, Or may I even wondered? I mean, not everyone plants grass. People on the flatlands, especially, Hmm. don't do that. So maybe some portions of our field, maybe I could actually get away with not. Is there anything that you could it. plant that wouldn't uh, get that big? I mean, rye is just kind of readily rye available. Ryegrass, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. know. It's just what everyone uses. Sure. No. And it's supposed to be. It, it establishes really easily. Like the seed can lay there for a long time, and right then it'll germinate when a rain comes. So because we usually do those the. The plant the rye like right after you make right the beds, after you make the beds yeah, before you, you punch the holes you, yeah right you don't want ryegrass in your holes so that's yeah. what we do and then you give a couple weeks for the wind and the rain to work it off the beds and then you don't usually have issues with it coming up in your plant holes very good so yeah i think the thing with strawberries is you always okay you, like there's never a perfect year well, there's and so many variables. You can always, like, we need to do a better job of this, yeah. this, and this. And right. so that's what we're going to try to do. And, you know, that cycle starts very soon. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. already making preparations for next, or right. for this fall. Lift plastic, and your, you're ready to start making But just beds plant again. orders and getting everything sure. in place. I mean, those are all management decisions that happen now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically a year-round uh, crop and and I think that's the other thing. Like you just can't you can't take time off. You well you can you need to, but you have to at, be thinking about the next steps like all right. the time. Right. And the people that that do strawberries really really well are just detail oriented like 
better than I am. <laughs> so I, can I don't know. Learn, learn from them and uh, try to do a better job. Sure. Yeah, there's just so many variables. Some of them you can control. Some of them you can't. And uh, just making that all mesh together year after year, it's it's kind of like uh, starting a new process every single year. Yeah, I think. I mean, you're you're really really smart farmers, or you're really really good farmers in general. They're farmers that keep an open mind about things, uh, try new things, and then pay attention to the details. And they're really, really conscious of those details, and they manage very well, and they do a good job. I mean, that's part of why we have uh, more Ruby Junes and Albions right now in the pick year, and we've been, over the last number of years, uh, tried some of that, and our, our pick year and people like it when when they do well. Um, so there's a reason that we're, we have those. Yeah. The, my biggest problem with them, I think we're kind of in the transition place. Like it's, I think they're, they do better in a little warmer climate than what we are. Yeah. And so I'm not sure some people are just blown away by them. I really like them, but I'm not sure that I'm blown away by them. I love the berry size, the flavor, all that thing, all that all those things. I'm just not sure that I'm getting the yield sure. out of them. And maybe that maybe part of it is I just have to do a better job of managing and getting them in on time and some of those things. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go there again, you have variables to work with and if different varieties have different variables, it just all adds together. Like if you were just doing Chandler, uh, some of these things would be a little more, not no, they'd be straightforward, straightforward or yeah, but man, then just doing Chandler has its own issues, right? Like, uh, I mean, there's a reason have, we don't. You would have that, like people were asking me about, oh, have you hit peak yet? Have you hit peak yet? Well, I don't. Th- we don't have a peak like we used to. The Chandler variety tends to be a peaker, and yeah, you do have you do have somewhat of a peak. But with having different varieties, it's a a broader peak. It's not that sharp. Thing. It's more of a ramp some, up. Some of that might a... have to do with your year too. Yeah. I think it it could. Um, but I would be growing if we had everything in Chandler's that we do. We couldn't keep up. I guarantee you, both in the pick your and patch and keep up uh, with keeping them cleaned keep off, keeping them cleaned off, picked up, whatever. You'd have this incredible bulge in the middle, and I think like we would have to, I don't know, wholesale to beat the band and right. So we everything. couldn't keep up during the peak with the with the acres. Right. So we've kind of maybe we've sacrificed some overall yield, but um, maybe it's more manageable in a longer period of time. Yeah, fair type enough. Of Berry, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's Very about good. all that I know to say about where we are now. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, very good. So let's see. We want to do the, the listener question, and then we can kind of wrap up here. Is there something sure. else you want to say? No. Sometimes it's surprising that we even have listeners, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I should look the guy's name up. I guess but, uh, if you listen to me and I listen to you, then there's one each. Um, I'll look the guy's name up as you're talking a little bit. But um, what what do you want me to talk? He wondered about, about um, 
planting pumpkins into leftover like plastic after uh, strawberry season just if you kind of talk about the pluses and the minuses and what goes into that i guess okay uh well we've done it since the beginning uh i mean our first year doing pick your own we did like half of our plastic replanted in pumpkins and then the other half we took up and then moved our field down so that's basically the what we do now we basically the middle part of our field is always strawberries and then we flip to each end so i'm glad we can at least rotate some of the field and um that's it it works well i would say i mean as expensive as plastic and drip is uh, right now you really getting another crop on that um for the same money basically is is very helpful uh and then uh, you have your irrigation there too so that's a plus and there's some residual fertilizer if you run fertilizer through your drip that really helps those pumpkins get cranking i i think i've heard that some places that get warm like farther south of here can have some issues and like i heard a guy at a pumpkin meeting one time he said he'd never do that again plant them on plastic Hmm. he was in the warmer parts of north carolina um so i don't know I don't have any any experience in that. I have at times had some uh, stand establishment problems. Like sometimes everything comes up really good. I just use a, they call it a beam planter. It's basically a pole, a hollow tube with a foot on the bottom. That's how I plant mine. We, you know, mow the strawberries off and then you'll probably need to terminate them with some sort of sort of an herbicide because you don't want your strawberries competing with your pumpkins so once i do that then i just go back through and plant into that stubble and you can leave your your strawberry um plants you know you can mow them fairly high you don't have to mow them right down on the plastic because it's sort of sad when your bush hog hits the plastic right this sort of makes you a little sick uh so yeah so then i i just walk along and punch that thing through and and so i usually have pretty good success especially uh what we've talked about uh, with fall planting and strawberries you get a rain over the top if you get a rain over the top of pumpkins seeds uh they really pop up and often there's some residual moisture left in your beds from your strawberries and strawberry season and so forth so they can really pop up quickly um i thought the the problems i've had was because of like either insects or something eating the seeds um someone smart told me that it was them getting too hot because of the plastic yeah yeah and they just quickly rotting Hmm. so that's probably a situation where if you had some cool cloudy weather coming if you could time it and seed right in front of that, maybe you wouldn't have the issues and they pop up really quickly. Um, or he said that if I made a bigger hole, then uh, the heat wouldn't be trapped in there this in the same way. So, but it's 
kind of hard to you know hand plant making a big hole and then put a seed in a, that actually would be a quite tedious process so that's my thought this year i'm gonna try to just time it right in front of a rain and plant a bunch and try to pop them up right away and i usually just go back through and fill in the holes as needed and work at that and get the crop established and then you know fill in the holes to me your your pumpkin or your plastic is your probably your highest yielding field so i might not go back through my pumpkins that aren't on plastic and fill in the spots well i do some but i figure i have limited space where i have all this irrigation and this good stuff fertilizer so i try to maximize that and i i do tighten my spacing some on plastic versus out in the field i think you can drop it down a little bit i wouldn't you know get too crazy but you know some of the smaller pumpkins and gourds and stuff you know i'll plant it pretty tight 20 inches or something and then our beds are on six foot plastic or six foot centers so that's kind of what i do some people good. said that crickets cause issues with like seedlings and seeds. That might be a thing too. I've heard some people use uh, something to during the when they're burning the strawberries down to try to uh, hit the crickets as well. I do I, know that crickets, for some reason, they really like that plastic, and as soon as the strawberries die down, like they're you walk out there and there are a lot of crickets. So. Yeah. Uh, I think the other the other thing that he was wondering about was lifting plastic after the pumpkins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we we do. It's not too bad. You do end up with, with a mat of vines and stuff. And then, you know, you get your first frost or whatever. And they start dying down pretty good. This year we started lifting our pumpkin plastic and I was trying to think February maybe and it did pretty well I had a little bit of trouble with it kind of gumming up or you just that residue catches on your mosh lifter and drags it along and stuff and so I had to clean some of it off I had more issues uh, where I didn't get a good strawberry kill and had green strawberries in that in my pumpkin plastic I have more issues with that than with the actual pumpkin vines and also remember there was some guy um, that liked the pumpkin vines he's he i guess he was going to grow other crops in the spring in on, the the, on that same plastic and he felt like the vines laying there over the winter helped from the crazy winds we sometimes get in the winter uh, yeah. help the plastic to all stay down huh. and not blow away yeah so i guess if you have enough vegetation to keep the plastic down you might it might be too much to make it lift really well but i've had decent luck with lifting it sure if you wait i mean i think if you tried in november it would be kind of difficult but if yeah. you wait a few months let the stalks kind of deteriorate yeah yeah, because a pumpkin vine is not that. They're just not as tough as some things. 
they break down pretty pretty easily. But if you get you know a bunch of winter annuals or something, it can be a bit of a pain. But I've lifted plastic in July and I've lifted it in February, and I'll take February any <laughs> day of the month as long as it's dry. Any yeah. day of the month, any day of the year, maybe. I think that's what you meant, meant to mean. Yeah. All yeah. right. Very good. This well, podcast has went plenty long. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't find the guy's name. I uh, my phone doesn't search properly for some reason. Okay. Well, I'm sure it was a nice guy and a gentleman. And yeah. We wish him well. Appreciate the question. I guess if you have a question you'd like Lowell to pontificate and uh, <laughs> talk about on a I'm future not an expert. episode, just, you can reach I out. I just do this stuff and try to make it work. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we should go do something else a while now. Yeah. Eat lunch. There you go. And then pick tomatoes. All right. Well, hoping for a good weekend for pick your own. The sun's supposed to finally shine tomorrow, I think. It's already brighter outside. We got a decent rain this morning, but hopefully it's drying some, and hopefully we can get a nice crowd out and have a good weekend or so yet before we wind things down. All right. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. And uh, as always, you can find out more about Yoder's Farm over at yodersfarm.com. Um, yeah, more than you could ever want to know about us is over there or something. Probably more than you could ever want to know is on this podcast. All right. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again in a number of weeks or something. See ya. Stay safe.